0: Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banter Podcast, where birders talk birding. A friend of mine, Fred Matej, let me know recently that Mikolas Romanik was making a short notice visit to Tacoma a few weeks ago, and I was really disappointed that I was not able to make the few hours of birding time that his brief visit allowed to get back together with him. I met Mick as a teenage Rotary Exchange student from the Czech Republic in 2017 and 2018, And Mick joined Ken Brown, Bruce Labar, and myself, along with a group of ABC Birding Club members on our annual North Central Winter Washington trip. It was clear that Mick was a very talented birder and a really bright kid. Fred later told me about the work Mick is doing to promote birding among young people in the Czech Republic. And he encouraged me to have Mick on as a podcast guest. I really couldn't find much online about Mech's effort at this education effort and recruitment effort for young birders in the Czech Republic. And so I went into our episode recording a lot less prepared than i like to be. I was especially interested because like many birding organizations, the Washington Ornithological Society or WAS, where I serve on the board of trustees, has been struggling with how to best promote and encourage and foster birding as a hobby and a passion among young persons in Washington. We have a decent stash of funds specifically for this purpose, but to date haven't really found a popular, effective way to have an impact. Almost a polar opposite of the situation we're facing is happening in the Czech Republic, and I got really excited after talking with Mikolas during this episode. Mick and others have developed an intensive online Young Birders course along with an in-person several-day session and regular field trips specifically for the course students. As you'll hear in the episode, the course is very popular, open to 20 students annually, with over 50 applicants last year to choose from. When Mick was 15, he was the only teenager to attend the annual Czech Republic Ornithological Society meeting. And this year, just a few years later, he plans to bring 25 young people to the conference with him. This is spectacular growth from a program that on the surface seems like it could be reproducible and scalable to other geographic areas. I plan to pick mix brain more offline and to learn more about how they've managed to have such success. But I want to encourage listeners to help me learn what's happening in your area and in, in having success to encourage and mentor young birders. Ideally, use the podcast reviews on your favorite podcast feed or let me know using the contact page on the birdbanner.com website. I'll leave a link to that in the podcast notes. I really think that having more young birders in the world is a good thing. I believe, and I think a lot of you probably believe that birders are generally a positive influence in the world. We tend to be ecology minded. We tend to be scientific thinking. I think a lot of things that are good for the world. So without more discussion on this topic, I hope you'll enjoy hearing from Nicholas Romanik. I'm sure I butchered that name, but it's the best I could do on the Bird Banner podcast, episode number 149. Mick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this with me.
1: Hello. Nice to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, for listeners, I'll uh, I'll just introduce you to Mick. Mick was a, a Rotary Exchange student uh, that I met when he was here. you uh, he were maybe 16 or 17 years old, uh, and he came and stayed in Tacoma with the Tacoma 8 Rotary Club, and I was an active birder in a different Rotary Club And we got together a few times and birded and went on a big eastern Washington winter trip uh, and had a really fun time with that. And so when I heard Mick was uh, still birding and I learned how to get a hold of you, I reached right out. I'm excited to
1: talk to you, Mick. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm having a lot of school right now, but it's good. Yeah.
0: Mick also is a medical student in the Czech Republic, uh, so I have that in common with him also. So... We're on the same page, Mick. Nice. <laughs> nice. So Mick, uh I know you when you, you were here, I you know, we caught on all of us uh, old guys caught on real quickly that you are a good birder. You had good instincts. You are all over it for being in a foreign country. Uh and uh so I was impressed and I I hear that you're still birding uh, and doing well with birding in in the Czech Republic. What's going on birding
1: wise for you? Oh, mm Right now, I don't have that much time to go birding out anymore, but I still like to go for a little bit. Uh, But most of my my time now, I try to help organize uh, Ornithologic Academy for younger people to get involved in birding and help them uh, follow their passion. And that's what I like to do now.
0: So, what does that look like? The Ornithological Academy for young people in the Czech Republic. How is how do, how does that work?
1: Uh, so, my friend started it like three years ago, and it's for uh, bird enthusiasts from fifteen to twenty five years old. Uh, so, and we will get like twenty new members each year. Wow! And start with. Uh, six weeks of lectures when they will have two lectures a week with uh, guest speakers, mostly ornithologists or uh, some photographers, PhD students, anyone who are involved in birds somehow, people from national parks. And we try to show them the wide variety of jobs they can do uh, with birds if they would like to follow that passion. And after this very intense six weeks, we have meetings through Zoom, same as now, with you uh, every three weeks to just keep up with each other, do some like ID of gulls or ducks or something to help them uh, improve their skills. And the last thing we do is uh, field trips, so like weekend trips when we started we were thinking of doing one every three months but now it's like every month a weekend trip because there's never enough of that.
0: (laughs) Deal trips are always in demand
1: no matter where you go. Exactly and it's very fun doing that because when we started we thought we don't have any young birders in Czech Republic. I thought I know all of them and it was like seven people and right now we're at 60 members every year we're getting like 50 applications so we choose 20 people out of that and it's very fun another fun is that uh, i thought birding is like the old white males hobby and right oh, now we have 50 percent girls and 50 percent boys even though we don't like interfere in that any in any way so that's fun to see that even girls are very interested in birds and birding
0: very nice. So it sounds like uh, what I'm reading between the lines here is that sort of in the past, or- birding, the birding community in the Czech Republic was pretty academic-oriented, ornithology-based, and it's moving towards a younger, what we call birding-based as opposed to, you know, field birding as opposed to the study of ornithology. Am I, am I kind of grasping that somewhere
1: near? I think so. Yeah, it's definitely moving that way a bit. Even with uh, eBird now being much more used here. So that's a big thing probably that helps with yeah. the burning part.
0: It's certainly, it, it is, we call it a uh, a democratic means or uh, you know, open to everyone. Anyone can see what's happening on eBird. So when you participate in eBird, you're open to anyone. It's not exclusive. So I really like that part of it.
1: Yeah, like we had a mm, database in Czech Republic before, uh, which was open to anyone, uh, but it isn't that much into the birding part. Like it doesn't count you the bird species and it Mm -hmm. doesn't show you the maps. And so it makes it a little bit more fun to use eBird, which, you know, makes it a little bit of a mm, race or how you call it. Yeah, a little friendly competition. Friendly
0: competition, and also uh, you can get the alerts. You know, you want to know what rare birds show up, you just get the alert by emails. Oh, Mick saw uh, what did you see? I just saw you got a new lifer for the Czech Republic just a day or two ago. Oh,
1: yeah, it was a great black backed gull.
0: Yeah, great black
1: backed gull. Um, is that that's that it. was a good one quite
0: a ways inland. So the Czech Republic is not doesn't have a shoreline, uh, yes, so we don't. It got I think of those as kind of a coastal bird.
1: They are. They're quite common in North Poland, not that much in Czech Republic.
0: Very cool. Very cool. So another check from Mac. Nice yeah, job. I was
1: on the weekend trip with the Academy, which was awesome to show everyone all the gulls you can get in the Cherry Republic. We had all the species which occurs in Czech Republic ever probably
0: <laughs> very nice very nice so, and gulls are talk about a great uh, group of uh, birds to study as a group i mean you know yeah, I, I remember one. when when i would go out with my good birding buddy ken brown uh he is pretty adept at bird identification and we would uh, go to a place where there'd be you know maybe a a, a wharf or a dock where birds were lined up you know There'd be a 100 gulls, one standing right beside the other. So let's start at the left and identify these gulls. The first one, okay, the first that's a California gull, that's a second year California gull. Then there's an adult hereman's gull, and you go right down the list. It was really a good, good exercise.
1: It is, it's always a challenge to try to do gulls
0: for sure. For sure. Uh, so Mick, I know you've been birding in the Czech Republic since you were a kid. Uh, what was your experience early years of birding? How did you get excited about birding?
1: So I loved nature since ever, probably. So since I remember I spent my time outside and doing stuff. But at first I got interested into insect. So at third grade, I started my collection of bugs and butterflies, and I was doing that for a few years. And then in sixth grade, Uh, I met my mentor who explained me why birds are so much better and why I should follow the birding path. And so I switched and since sixth grade, I'm more interested into birds and I left the insect behind and I'm a birder since then. Very cool. Uh, and, uh, so birding in the Czech Republic, I know,
0: I know I've know i spent a few minutes researching the Czech Republic online, and I know that it doesn't have a shoreline, kind of nestled in the middle of uh, eastern part of Europe. It's part of the European Union, but I know nothing about birding there. I know it has 402 or 403 species, and you've gotten a good chunk of those. That's about all I know. Tell me about birding in the Czech Republic. What, what are the good places to go? Do you have any special birds to get? What are the seasons
1: like? That sort of thing. So exactly like you said we're right in the middle of europe so we don't have any coast which is a big mm, disadvantage so we don't get many of the coast birds and stuff like that and we don't have any like rarity traps which are more common for like north poland they get all the rarities and at one spot or something like that uh, we have a little bit of each like part of europe so we have a little bit of the western europe species and a little bit of the eastern one so it's kind of a mix in the middle and oh yeah it's fun to bird here even though it's probably not the best country like for rarities rarity wise or something like that but we still get some
0: (laughs) you know as as a a a, a national nationwide birder i mean what might not a greater black call is a rarity. May not be a rarity somewhere else, but the, uh, location makes things rare. I'm in Florida yeah. right now, and I, uh, you know, in in Washington, we have tens of thousands of American widgeon you can see on a given day if you go to the right places. Well, I made the hotline down here with two American widgeons. so it's so, you know, it's always just a matter of location makes a bird rare.
1: It it, it is exactly like I've got my. Uh... Lesser yellow leg, mm-hmm. which is very common for the United States, right. in Czech Republic. And that was like the first record for Czech Republic ever. And because it was in Europe and in Czech Republic, it was a really good bird, even though for Washington, not as much.
0: Congratulations. But, it's a pretty good bird for Washington. It's our central flyway bird. So okay. we, we certainly get them on the west coast but not in the numbers you get in the middle of the country so but good bird nice congratulations
1: it was a good one it was uh, like two years ago
0: a check first is always an uh, uh, area first is always exciting
1: you asked about the uh, seasons yeah the what what's a, what's the season answer. what are the seasons yes. like so we have four seasons same as washington uh Right now, the spring is coming slowly, so the birds are starting to sing, and it's always fun to watch that, even from the window. And um, the migration will start soon, but the spring one is quite fast here, so it's not as interesting for us. The more important one is the fall migration when we will get all the shorebirds and all that fun stuff. And it's usually at the end of summer when you get those. So that's when I have time to go birding and I will enjoy them. And then the winter is good for ducks and same birds as Washington, probably. Not, not the same birds, but... Same types like of birds. Types, yeah, exactly. Sure.
0: sure. And then a little lull in the summer after breeding, everything gets quiet before yeah, they exactly. start to move.
1: Yeah. Summer is very quiet here, but...
0: Good. Uh, What are some of your favorite places to go uh, near where you live? First of all, where in the Czech Republic do you live, Mick?
1: Oh, I live in Ostrava, which is at the far east of Czech Republic, close to the Polish borders. Mm, It's like the third biggest uh, city. Uh, So we have some mountains close to us at the borders with Slovakia. That's a good place to get some rare woodpeckers or some rare owls which like the long-tailed owl or Ural owl Mm -hmm. uh, and are good birds and then i have one very favorite pond near ostrava which is not that special um, birding wise but i'm a bird bender at the same time and that's my location where i go bird bending so There are huge reeds, which are one of the biggest in the region. And so there's a lot of reed species and biggest population of the bearded reedling. It's a very fun bird. It's like very rounded. And, oh, so that's my special spot for them. And how
0: how did you uh, learn about banding and how did you get uh, trained?
1: Yeah. was like natural here. I think a lot of birders in Czech Republic will get into bird banding eventually. So when I started birding, when I was 15, I went on a conference of the Czech Ornithologic Society. I was the youngest person there at that time. Now, after five years, we went to the same conference with the Academy with 25 young birders. So that was fun to wow. make the change. but uh, at that time, I was the youngest one, so I met a lot of people who changed my birding perspective or something like that. And I met a lady who runs a big banding uh, event here in Czech Republic, which uh, lasts for one and a half months in one of the national parks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that. So she invited me there, and since then, I've been going there every summer spending at least a week or two there getting to know birds, bird banding. And now a year, a year and a half ago, I got my own license. So now I'm allowed to go by myself and do my own research or something.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Banding. I know banders have a whole better perspective on things like molt and aging birds than... Than uh, the casual, the, than the birder who doesn't do banding, because there are all sorts of nuances of feather wear and things that banders yeah, that's really something I had use. to
1: learn, and it, yeah. it's tough sometimes, and it's different for every single species, and mm-hmm. uh, all the yeah, molting is a big thing for yeah. banders.
0: We ha- we have the two big thick blue books by Peter Pyle that we use in the U.S. for I'm not a bander, but I know. That banders use those uh, books as their kind of bible on how to uh, figure anything out that they need to figure out. Is there a similar uh, a book in your country? Yeah, we yeah. have
1: one. It's from Demongin. It's a French uh, ornithologist. So. The whole Europe, I guess, uses his book, and it's exactly like. Is, the Bible. is it? it does it come in it.
0: languages other than French, or do you have to learn French to be a painter? Oh,
1: they translated it into English, so okay. we use the English version now.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't be able to do anything in French. <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah. There's some pictures, but probably not enough to figure it out just from the mm-hmm. pictures.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Do you get to travel much for birding or is most of your birding done close to home?
1: I go very often to Poland because that's like half an hour from home. Okay. I like birding in Poland maybe more than in Czech Republic. The nature there are still a little bit better. The ponds are not as destroyed by the agriculture and Mm -hmm. uh, the fields are not as much damaged. So it's fun to go to Poland Mm, anytime I'm home for weekends or something and yeah that's mostly where i go and then i'm planning on going to romania in april it's not as much for birding but it's with the birdlife international and we're supposed to connect with other they call it young leaders in bird life so other people who are um, trying to do some projects for the young people in birding community and so we're supposed to connect there and try to learn from each other how to do it better and how it sounds
0: like uh a lot of people will learn from your country's efforts sounds like having fabulous i mean i think going from you know what six years ago being the youngest 15 year old birder or something like that at the whole conference and now having 25 go in six years that's that's pretty extra- explosive growth, I would say.
1: Yeah, we're very happy with that. But we should be like pretty Hungarians, proud about that. I think Hungarians are a little bit ahead of us, so we're trying to catch up. So we will hopefully learn something from them too.
0: Yeah. Nick, uh, you mentioned that uh, when you first got into birding, you had a mentor who helped you. Tell me about that person and how did that work?
1: Oh, so it was a guy from Ostrava, oh uh, he worked at like um, nature um, center in Ostrava uh, where there was a biology competition for high school students so i wonder i he found me somehow because i was good in the competition so he picked me up and since then i've been going on trips with him birding a lot he studied orontology at university so he knew birds very well, even though he wasn't a scientist in his life or something, and um, yeah, that changed my life for long time. And he knew a lot of people. That was a good thing. He even though he was a good birder, but he knew the excellent ones. Mm-hmm. So I got the very connections. Nice. Very
0: nice. You mentioned that uh, that you you use eBird and eBird has become a lot more popular in Europe. How how did that come about? How long have people been using eBird in, in uh, the Czech Republic? And, and uh, what would you say? Almost all the birders use it now, or just some, or what
1: would you say? Oh, so I've learned to use eBird ex- during my exchange in the United States. I have not used it before. And when I came home, nobody used it here. It was like maybe 10 people using eBird, right. but as at least what i remember right uh, but then it grew up very fast and now it's still growing i think the other database is still much bigger but all the like serious or or most of the serious birders switch to eBird. so mm, now it's mixed like mm-hmm. and some people you will like put their um, data into both databases or something mm-hmm. like that. And we are supposed to have a new one in a week so, or something like that. So we will see. A new a new eBird update, you mean, or? No, no, like uh, the Czech database. Oh. It, it hasn't been updated for like 10 years or something. Oh my so word. It, it's not working very well right now. And they're doing like, not an update. It's like completely new one because it okay. was so um, like outdated. Yeah. So we will see how that's going to work. I'm supposed to go on the like meeting where they will show it up in next mm-hmm. week. It, I, I'm assuming that like other databases,
0: there's no uh, real automated way to transfer your prior sightings into eBird and to get a life list on eBird, it's tedious and manual.
1: They figured that out somehow. They They, did. Good. Yeah, they spent a lot of time with that. But you could download data from one, and then eBird will upload them for you. Oh, very cool. You can upload them into eBird. It's not easy. I know some people who had a big list on the old ones were able to, like, move it to the new one or to eBird.
0: Better than one at a time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, not yeah. That would be crazy for some of them. Like, twenty years of data into
0: yeah, EVAC. it would be extremely tedious. So Mick, you're in medical school now. What what's happening in med school for you now? Is it still mostly uh, didactic classroom learning, or are you seeing patients much?
1: Oh, uh, so I'm in the third year now, out of six years. It, so basically, the first three years are uh, not clinical ones. The fourth fifth and sixth is the clinical years uh right now i passed my pathology uh, exam which is big for us and i'm looking forward to get more into clinic and spending more time in hospital now very so cool. that will be definitely fun very cool
0: uh do you have any u.s trips uh, on the books are you going to get back uh for a uh, vacation or birding at all
1: Oh, I hope so for sure. It took me five years before I came back to uh, Tacoma after my exchange. But now I hope it will be much sooner and that I will do a little bit of birding too. Like I did not manage to do the Westport uh, Pelagic trip on my exchange, so that would be fun to uh, You know, that's, that's a sad bed. story.
0: I, this may be the last year of Westport Pelagic westport seabirds the rumor is the rumor is that phil anderson who has the boat is going to retire and sell his boat so we may be without a westport at westport seabirds after 2023 so you may have to go to san francisco or san diego or something for a west west coast uh, pelagic yeah that's unfortunate
1: i hope to do downtime but we'll mm, see that's not good news
0: we're hoping yeah, th- there's is. still hope that maybe some other boat will take it over, but so far that's uh, uh, up in the air. Anyway, Mick, it's been really fun talking to you.
1: Thank you. It's it was fun. It, it's fun.
0: Yeah, been fun talking to you. It was uh, really, it's really just fun to see you again. It's been uh, I had some really good times uh, with you, Birding when you were here, and just good to catch up with an old friend. So I really appreciate it, Mick. Uh, stay in touch, and uh, if you're ever. Yeah. Uh, uh, want to come to the U.S. birding, I'm up for a trip anywhere, so just let me know.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That will be fun for sure. I'm looking for coming back to Washington and enjoy that state again. It's a really nice one, and the nature there is awesome. It is a
0: great state. It is a great state. This time of year, it's a great state to travel from, though, because it gets cold and rainy, so I'm enjoying
1: but my time away. I still enjoyed it. it. It was really
0: nice. I'm sure you did. It is nice. Thanks again, Mick. Well, that wraps up the Bird Banner Podcast episode number 149 with Nikola Hramanek. I hope you enjoyed hearing about birding in the Czech Republic and hearing about mixed birding there, as well as the work he's doing to promote birding in that part of the world. I wish I could say that we're doing as well with our youth to promote birding in Washington as they are there. And I suspect... A lot of you in other parts of the country and around the world feel similarly. Again, I really hope to hear from listeners about programs, clubs, courses, whatever's working uh, in your area to promote birding among our youth. I think that having more birders in the world, and especially more young birders in the world, is a positive thing. Birders tend to be ecology-minded, science-minded, and in my experience, just generally pretty nice people. So if we can get more birders in this world, I'm all for it. On a personal note, I'm wrapping up a glorious two weeks on Big Pine Key in the Florida Keys. It's about a half an hour, about a 30 minutes or a little over half an hour north of Key West and is a cool place. Marion and I took an overnight stay and visited the Everglades, but generally I've just been poking around this area most mornings. It's a quiet time of year here, late February and early March, without many migrants moving yet. But having the chance to see birds that are common here, but I can't see in Washington, and maybe haven't seen a lot of these birds for quite a while, is really cool. But one of the things I've really been doing is trying to practice some mindful birding. On the last episode, my guest was Holly Merker, author of Ornithology, and a strong proponent of mindful birding. I have to say, it's been pretty cool, just slowing down, taking time to see the bugs and the leaves and the plants and the birds and feel the wind and just have some time in nature. So if those, some of those people who know Ed Pullen, that's not been my modus operandi as a birder. And it's been pretty good to slow down. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it sticks. Give me encouragement if you can. Now, if you haven't listened to Holly's episode, the last episode 148 check it out it got more downloads in the first week than any episode of the bird Bander podcast ever and I think that's because first the podcast is growing but I really think that's because this message hit home with people and I think I had some new listeners for this episode that maybe mindful birding strikes a note with them I hope so anyway let me know what you think about that also if you get a chance Again, the contact page on BirdBander.com is a great place to do that or use the podcast uh, review section. So let me know what you think about ornotherapy and mindful birding as well as ways we can help spread the good word about birding to the young people in our area. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, good birding, good day.